to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, it's going? 40. Bonacera, fellas. Ham. Hey, fellas. How are you? And your host, Hamish. So let's get into a, a big weekend of rugby league, and we'll start off with the reviews. Junior reps in the SG ball, the Sydney Roosters, Victors, 26 over to the Parramatta Eels, uh, 22. Goal kicking being the different five tries apiece. Uh, try scorers for the Eels, two to Peter Tateo, two to, I'm going to need help on this one. I tried to, tried to get the pronunciation right on the train, but I wasn't very good. Joseph Boyake? I, I believe, yeah, it's Boyke or Boyke, yeah, I, something like that. He was, a, he was a late call-up for the Eels, so uh, that's actually my first look at him this week. And one to Viliami Penasini, one goal from five off Josh Chappell. How did you guys see it? There was a play, I don't know, um, 40 will probably comment on this more. There was a play we kept running down the left-hand side and just the number four, I think it was, for the Roosters – just kept shutting it down every single time. It was just like, it was really frustrating to watch, um, especially because, you know, if, if we have those um, four best players that we've got playing Jersey flag, they'll play in this game, you know, it would have been close to a walkover because I thought the forwards uh, more than held their own. Uh, yeah, the Roosters had a player binned plus two players in the, it's sent off from it. From a player each, each side was sent off. Player, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm not a words guy. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And uh, there was also an allegation I, I, I of biting beyond that too. too. badly. But, yeah, it just obviously needed a little bit better. And um, instead of obviously going by the, the game plan there, trying to run down the left-hand side and use a sweet play there, just um, maybe open yourselves up on the right a little bit more. It didn't seem to be as strong defensively there, the Roosters. Uh, as far as I saw, um, I mean, after the game, I was I was tweeting and doing updates for TCT, and um, I built the game one of the most dramatic games I've ever seen of any level. Um, it started with uh, multiple fracases between the two teams after tries. You know, it's nothing like no punches or anything from, but you know, the team swirling, melee, sort of grabbing each other and having to be separated, and then it escalated from there with the what we we believe was um spitting for both teams leading to the send-offs, followed by a biting allegation against the Roosters. So it, it was just wild as far as that was concerned. Uh, the, and it's coming down to the last play as well. And I want to give I want to give the boys credit in that regard. I think that they're significantly undermanned between injuries and um, the, the missing uh, four sort of core players that Ham was mentioning before in Jacob Arthur, Sean Russell, uh, uh, Young Loizu, and uh, Josh Tupelotu, who absolutely would have been difference makers in the first three rounds. But um, last week against the Sharks, oh, sorry, the last last week, round two against the Sharks, and then last week against the Roosters, they um, took two very good teams to the very last play of the game. And while it's unfortunate they couldn't get the win on Saturday, it was a, a good show of resolve that even in spite of their errors, and there's been a lot of errors in the last two weeks for the SG ball, that they're um, battling to the very final whistle. So um, that that was good. I think um, individually uh, I'd probably um, single out uh, uh, Peter Tatia was very good in red zone, I thought. Um, I didn't mind yes. uh, young Larry uh, Tutia off the bench again. I think he's um, proven that he can get some quality offloads away late in the in the tackle. Um, but they just – there was a lack of fluency. And, and Ham already mentioned that the right centre from the Roosters, who was outstanding defensively, it really needs to be said. His reads and um, his ability to make contact after shooting out were fantastic and really um, kept the Roosters ahead in that on that side. Um, but uh, I say we, we were a tad too predictable attacking down the left edge. 
Um, and you probably can even extend that argument to the um, the Canterbury Cup trial too, where and um, and the Jersey flag as well, where our sweepers and our sweeping options are just too predictable, at least when we're keeping it vanilla earlier in the season. Um, aside from that, Ham, did anyone else catch your eye? I, I think we were unfortunately um, criminally underused Viliami Penasini throughout the course of that game. But um, there's there's yeah, only so much you can do, I suppose. Yeah, then that wasn't a slide. Um, on, that wasn't a slide on Penasini. I think um, we were actually sitting behind some of the young boys that were sidelined from the SG ball, and even they were, were calling through the, the team to go right at times and get it to um to William. Uh, one player I would like to give a shout out to, it improved massively was uh, Jonte Junior Beef and Misa. Last week against the Sharks, he just constantly dropped the ball. This week, he held on to it, had some nice charges. So um, good on the young fella for um, holding the ball this week. Okay, well, we'll jump into the Harold Matthews, which saw the Eels come away 24-10 to 10 victors. Tries to Cody Parry, a double to Miles Martin, one to Joshua Lealelotu and Charlie Guymere with goal uh, conversions from Aho and Terence Lafay. Aho not making the try scores this week. What's going on? Yeah, that's um, um he's, sh- he's, he's, str- he's struggling for the um the 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 big meat buys, isn't he? <laughs> he did go up for um one and uh, yeah, yeah led a, to a great, one right a great little great little highlight there. Um, this was one of the most entertaining games I've seen in a long time. This was an played at an absolutely outstanding level from both the Roosters and the Eels. Um, a fantastic game from kickoff to final whistle. And uh, the Eels prevailed, fortunately, making it uh, free from free for them for the first three rounds of the Harold Matthews. Uh, and the thing is that even with that scoreline, they actually uh, blew, I, I want to say, two or three opportunities, Sam. Was, was you say it off the top of your head? Cody Parry um, dropped two. Cody, Cody Parry dropped one off the line. And then uh, was it Aho that dropped the pass, the final pass down the right? Yes. Yeah. So there was, there was um, at least two tries that they missed there, but um, it was a sensational game. And uh, it, that first half was absolutely brilliant. Both teams, I think, would have completed up around 70, 80%, which is um, unheard of for, game. For, for a first grade game. That's fantastic. But for a junior reps game, that's almost unheard of. And it's, you know, there was a bit of a light drizzle there at the time. And um, yeah, it was cracking first half. I think it was one of the, yeah, as you said, one of the better games I've seen. Um, I think it's a testament to Parramatta that scored three tries. Uh, in that first half and then really knuckled down um, in that second half, even though there was a few mistakes on both teams there. Um, you know, just grind out a win of two of our better players, I thought, Charlie Geimer and uh, Miles Martin scoring to seal the win. Yeah, Martin scored a double. Uh, one was he did it all himself, the first one. The second one was a short ball off, uh, was it Saxon Pryke that might have thrown it? I'm trying to think. But um, he had a, he had a fantastic game. Um, someone on TCT made a, a reference to uh, as a, as a player comp for him to um, Peter Wynn. So that's probably going past everyone on the podcast years. But um, having seen a little bit of footage, I suppose you can you can make that comp. And um, he's just very busy. He's got those go go gadget arms. Has a knack of just getting himself in the vol- uh, involved in the game. And there was at least two or three times in defense in that game where we sort of went, "Oh shit, that's Miles, wasn't it?" And he just had laid out a, a runner so cleanly. Um, and aside from and that, I think what I like about Miles is that, you know, typically when you see a standout player at this age, they're either uh, overly big or they're, you know, small and really fast. He just he looks like a he's got the, the build of a footballer. Yeah, like, he's, he's got big, it. He's, but he's not overly big. But he's just you know pretty lean and looks just 
looks like a footballer to me. He's got an interesting frame because he's going to fill into it quite nicely in the coming years. The, the player that probably comes to mind the most in recent years will probably be Sam Hughes, although I think Hughes was more explosive laterally, especially in the red zone. Um, they both have that like sort of rangy frame that you can see him already filling into. Um, so that if, if he follows that sort of traje- trajectory as Hughes, that would be fantastic for the Eels. But he's been um, probably the best player for the Eels across three weeks. The other two players that probably worth keeping an eye on moving forwards, um, and even though they're not a combination in of themselves, positionally they represent a combination, and that's um, Cody Parry and Declan Murray. Um, the Eels might have the most exciting set of centres in the Harold Matthews. Um, Parry was absolutely outstanding down the right edge, and he'd actually forced Murray to the left. And I'm not sure if that's Murray's preferred edge or not, because um, this was Parry's first starting cap for the Eels, so we have to watch that. But um, they're both very dangerous ball runners. And then to the Tasha Gales, a 20-all draw was played out against St. George Illawarra Dragons. Try scorers for the Eels, Gwen Swan, Manaye Blair, Tamara Leati, and Marama Wanga Katiba. Uh, conversion two from four from Samatere. Uh, so there they are. They um, got their first on draw the of the season. That's it. Points on points on the ladder now, baby. Exactly. Uh, I did watch a highlight. Unfortunately, it went against the girls. A ninety-meter uh, try to the Dragons, and there was a bit of arm grabbing. So might have to get the tackle bags out this week in training. All right. Well, let's go into the country. Well, it's under New South Wales Rugby League banner now. I think. Okay, Andrew Johns. <laughs> Cup, Parramatta Eels 24, to, defeating the North Coast Bulldogs 14. Try scorers Josh Taya, Cooper Sinclair, Sayosi Kalita, and Jackson Rapata, uh, Robbie Her- Herford. Goals Kobe. to Kobe, sorry, Kobe. What did I say? Robbie. Robbie. Ah, sorry, my bad. That's all right. <laughs> um, Marbam Wichman, two uh, conversions. Uh, so good stuff there for the Andrew Johns. That's their f- round two match, but their first game given last week was washed out. And Laurie Daly going down 32-12 to 12 against the North Coast Bulldogs. But Lachlan Vale getting a brace and Joshua Russell converting those two tries. Um, did um, anybody get to watch these? I tried to watch them on the app, but it was only giving like a, a live score as opposed to actual any action. So. I, I didn't get to watch them, but uh, my um, offsider and colleague at TCT 60s got to co-commentate for New South, New South Wales Rugby League uh, last week. So he was there as a colour commentator. And um, I think he, um, when he was sort of doing his post-match chat with um, some fans on TCT, he singled out uh, Kobe Herford and... Uh, Sinclair, uh, Cooper Sinclair, Sinclair. as um, the, the two players to sort of keep an eye on in that grade in the Andrew Johns Cup for the Eels. Um, and for the Laurie Daly, I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get much feedback from that game, but in the, in the Andrew Johns, those two players, Herford and Sinclair, definitely ones to keep eyes on. But yeah, to watch it, you'll, um, need a, you'll have to watch it on Facebook there. Yeah, oh, that's no, right. Sorry, sorry, it's on the, no, it isn't. It's, it's on, on New South Wales Rugby League as well. Yeah, there is the two of them. Uh, then on to the other two trials, which were the flag trial. Um, so the Jersey flag going down 34-22 to 22 against South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, we had a pretty big lead to start off the game, but then it all sort of fell apart. Uh, 40 and Ham, you were on um, the ground? Yeah, we were on deck at Ringrose Park for um, a pretty um, fun night of footy. It was a, a bumping crowd, actually, once the... Uh, the Canterbury Cup sort of um, fixture came closer, and I'd say there was probably between 1,500 and 2,000 people out there. Um, the stand and the um, the far hill was sort of being filled out. Uh, for the flag, though, we, um, as you said, we got out to a real explosive start, went bang, 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 
up um, 18 points, I think it was, before the uh, the Rabbitohs hit back. And we looked very sharp um, across the park. I thought Sean Russell at fullback, um, he's been part of the extended crew doing some work um, with the um, the uh, sort of, uh, what's it called, the ex- expanded playmaking classes that they're doing at the Eels these days. And Russell looked very sharp as he passed to um, Shabal Tassipali down the left. Um, and the other player early on that um, scored a double was the lock, uh, Tarsi James, who um, got a very clean pass for one, but had to work for another one, and he looked very sharp. Uh, Ham, who, who else really jumped off the book in the opening 20 minutes for you? Uh, Sam Hughes. Yes, good call. Yeah, Hughes was the one that put, um, put um, Tarsi James over with an absolutely clinical short ball and um, was very yeah. powerful elsewise. Oh, you can just see that, you know, what he's done in, in, in his first um, preseason with the first grade squad. He's gone back to 20s and just gone, oh, I'm – too good for this grade. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a confidence. It's not a cockiness. That, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Good way of putting he's it. He's going in there. He's just running hard, um, pushing blokes over, not trying to do a Larry offload or whatever. He's just in there getting through a lot of work. That's another thing that I know. You know, every run had intent and every tackle, and he was making a lot of tackles in that um, – in his opening stint there. so Yeah, so Hughes, Hughes was the pick of the eels in the opening 20. I thought Dave Hollis was pretty good too. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, those two at the front. Yeah. You, you look at them and you go, you know, as a, as a, as a first grader, I wouldn't want to take them, but as a, as a jersey flag player, look at those two. You wouldn't want to run up against them. Just You got Hollis who's, you know, one of the tallest people I've ever seen in my life and he's incredibly quick. You know, it's you know, really that, that you can't really say it anymore. It's, it's, he's a very he's a younger he's a young Dave Clemmer, just tall, quick for his size, and then Sam Hughes is just you know he's gotten into his head that he knows what to do now, and he's taking those steps to make sure he becomes a first grader. At the um, risk of invoking the wrath of um, a small minority of people, um, I thought Jacob Arthur was pretty tidy. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> um, bit of an in joke there, but um, Arthur, you know, sort of directed the park, the team around the park pretty nicely. Um, off the bench, I didn't mind Tepu Smith and Etu Fave, Etu Fave, Fave, sorry. Um, but once the Eels started ringing in the changes, I mean, the, the comeback by South Sydney started before that, but especially once the Eels had brought in changes before half time and then after half time, where they sort of completely changed to their B roster, South Sydney started taking over the game there. Um, but among the starters, it looked promising. Um, Kyle Snyder was perfect off the boot, which is a good uh, good start to the preseason for him. And he was also very tidy through the middle. So between that, that starting front row looks very good for the Eels, assuming that they stay healthy and they stay in the grade. You've got Hughes, Hollis, and Snyder. And even if you add uh, Tarsi James to that, Charbel Tassapale, I'm not sure. Sh- oh, Penny Tohi will be the other. Yeah, Penny Tohi is the other, the other back that's row. That's very, right. I think that's a very good starting pack. You know, you've got um, Hollis and Hughes. With, Hollis, Hughes, Snyder, you just talked up. Tassapale, I think, will be captain of the Jersey flag. He seemed to take the coin toss and talk to the referee. Which is, I, th- I think that's a good appointment because he's a high-character guy. He's a good player. He finds a way to uh, impact games, just being in the right place at the right time, which is a pretty handy trait. Yeah, so I'm I'm wrapped with him and, you know, Penny Toey um, is coming up f- through the ranks as well, so. And uh, Pe- Penny, is that the brother or cousin of um, Caleb? I always forget. Wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> and of course, I'm um, Caleb being the superstar man of the match last week against Cronulla in the SG ball, but he hurt his ankle 
and we didn't touch on it before, but he was spotted at um, Henson Park walking around in a moon boot, so that was unfortunate. I think it's it definitely something they can build off uh, towards uh, this week's trial against Penrith. Did any of the um, – uh, before we move on, did any of the Reggies or the B, the B team jump off the page for you, like um, grab your eye? Not, yeah, not really. I, I remember Lachlan Poco had a good run, or was it Joshua Dowdy? I can't remember. It was one of those two. I, uh, I but, honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. But like that, that's one good run, you know, in the back end of the game. Yeah, so there, there's encouraging signs there for the 20s. But as we, you know, we're used to on the grade, a couple of mental lapses let a team right back into it. And they're going to have to be better than that when it comes to the regular season. And um, indeed, that was what really dogged them last year, wasn't it? They just Their completion rates were atrocious. They consistently were their own worst enemies, and it sort of really hurt them down the stretch. So, yeah, I think, and I think um, the, if if the Keener going well this year, um, we'll be trying to keep. You know, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing every year with these junior. You know, regardless of club junior teams, is um, trying to keep the same players in similar mm-hmm. positions where, you know, you can probably see Hollis Hughes and Schneider, um, three of them the best. You know, might make a few games up in reserve grade. So. When those players are out, they'll need, um, you know, the sort of more senior guys in Naiduki, Tassapale, um, and then even Jacob Arthur, Sean Russell. Exactly the the um, young the young playmakers to um, step yeah. up and assume greater responsibilities because on top of reserve grade, there's a very good chance that that front row will be playing for New South Wales in the twenties. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I won't comment too much on about the net because that's sort of the only the second time I've seen them this year. Uh, but encouraging signs, I think. Then on to the further trial match, the Canterbury Cup one, which hosted a uh, pretty much all our f- starting front row for the uh, first grade side. Uh, but I'm sorry to tell you guys, be the bearer of bad news. Season over. Season we lost to a reserve grade South even, team. Don't even Done. turn up round one. It's over. All finished. Um, going down 28-24. Um, the, the late inclusion, uh, former Dragons fullback, um, What's his name again? Auckland Nines superstar Jai Field. Jai no, Field, not, yeah. It's not Jai, it's Jay. Oh, Jay Field, correct. Yeah, we had this discussion yeah. on the ground. Yeah, even though phonetically it looks like it's spelled Jai, it is Jay Field. Yeah, I'll just, uh, you're just Jai, mate. Um, but dropped it <laughs> going going towards the end of the game there, which was a, a chance to, to um, you know, mean that we could have a season. But uh, much like the ball being dropped, our season's dropped on its head before it even begins. Um, but... That aside, that first 20 minutes, really great. Um, I thought our forward pack just dominated the Souths um, for about 20, 25 minutes until they started to put on, you know, Alvaro came on, etc. Um, and within that, um, Kane Evans, RCG, Murata um, were my standouts in that period. And Reid Money was uh, doing well trying to hoist both the dummy half duties plus some playmaking duties down in the red zone onto his own shoulders. And the last player is probably Johnny Fanua, um, who didn't hurt his chance of possibly getting some fullback gigs but, uh, yeah. in Canterbury Cup this season. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I thought Johnny was um, absolutely spectacular. Like I, I've seen Johnny since Harold Matthews, and I know what he's capable of, but also know what he's capable of on the other end of the spectrum where he truly is a rocks and diamonds player. But that his first stint, just everything he touched, you know, his passes set up perfectly. I was going to comment that I thought that our playmaking, I think it was more from the six and seven that we lacked a little bit there, and that's why we probably didn't get more points on the board early I, on. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Salmon's work at number six, but I thought Reese Davies probably couldn't quite um, capitalize on our red zone opportunities early on. But um, I thought Salmon was um, 
nicely well involved as if you consider his role as the off playmaker, the secondary playmaker. Um, but I, I agree. Oh, about no. sorry, you say. Oh no, I was just going to say yeah, to, if you're going to have um, fish in the halves there, you really need um, you know a dominant absolutely playmaker, which you really don't get in a reserve grade team. The more otherwise they'd be playing in a row. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I really enjoy Johnny Fennell's work. He obviously scored the first try for a nice little double pump and then the strength to break through that tackle down the left edge. Then he had um, a great set of hands and pass to Jenko to get him over later on. Um, there was one blemish later on when the the dubious lighting of Wenty kicked in and he had a contested bomb that he dropped um, with hands in his face. But aside from that, he was um, very good. And he, he kicked, uh, his kick returns were very strong, good positioning, and um, just chimed in really nicely from the back. And if I'm picking my reserve grade team right now, I'd have him at fullback. I know that they've got Jay, Jai, Jay, Jay, J.E. field. <laughs> Um, well, Jay, he's only on a four-week training trial, it, it, from what yeah, I understand. It is training so. trial at this point, and um, there's also Will Smith, who was named the player originally, I believe, but then was a late withdrawal. I imagine for field, maybe. That's what they said in the commentary to start it off. Yeah, so it, it'll be a three-way shoot-up between them, depending on like the the consequences of contracts being signed and whatnot. But if I was picking the team, I'd certainly have Johnny there at number one. Um, aside well, from that, actually, I was just thinking, um, you know, if you're talking about having fish in the halves, I think. A player like Will Smith with his experience and, you know, whatever you want to say about Will Smith, he's um, right up there in terms of players t- in talent-wise in reserve grade. Having him in the seven alongside Fish um, in the six there, I think that could be a, a pretty good uh, combination there. I agree. Um, but I thought we got what we wanted out of that trial, which that first 25 minutes we saw that our – Forward pack uh, dominated, um, but when you're missing your, and I know we put, we're playing a reserve grade Rabbitohs team, but when you, you've only got one from your starting seven, uh, one through seven, um, it did make things a bit difficult to get over there. I thought, yeah, some of the shapes that we threw were pretty um, easily read, and that Rabbitohs team, Canterbury Cup team, from memory, we took them to uh, the grand final qualifier, we beat them. So they've played with each other last year, um, and that's where they, you can set those defensive combinations. It, um, they all really knew what they were doing defensively, and they were well-drilled, I have to say. Yeah, I want to um, give credit to Rabbos for that defense. But as you're saying, it reminded me a lot of the Canberra trial last year where we named a very strong team, stronger than Canberra did um, at St. Mary's, but we played a very vanilla game plan, uh, it, like completely vanilla attacking concepts and, and you know sort of spacings in the red zone. And as a result, just a committed defense be able to turn him away, and that's what happened. Um, but in spite of that, uh, I thought um, Campbell Gillard looked very good. I think Ham was telling me on the ground that he was actually surprised at how quick he was getting into the um, the defensive line when he was carrying the ball. It was kind of like two or three strides, and he just he'd met the defensive line because he was moving so quickly. And then yeah, well, he got held up with the ball over yeah, the line yeah, and, and stripped. So yeah, yeah he went that, pretty that close. Was <laughs> so, but he he looked really good. And um, I know that in the post game, he sort of um. Um, wanted to play a bit longer, but um, Brad Arthur had seen enough and that, that was a positive thing. The other four that I thought was outstanding was Murata Niakoro, who looked by far the most explosive player on the field. He was um, denied a couple of times in the red zone by some cracking goal line defense, but he was just moving a step faster than most other players, which was very encouraging. Um, yeah, even, you know, as, that was very good defense from the South Seven there. Um, I think if you put that um, style of running in those lines next to a more experienced and better halfback there, um, you know, I reckon he, a few of those would have been tries. He was just – he wanted to make sure he got the most out of those 20, 25 minutes. 
Yep. And, I mean, across the park from there, I thought it was another solid hit out from Hayes Dunster. He scored a nice try from a Reed Money grubber kick. I mean, I don't think he's going to be unseating the um, the powerhouse pairing of Ferguson and Sivo anytime soon. But he's a player that probably maybe along – I think maybe alongside Ray Stone has probably improved his stocks internally at the club the most this preseason. Um, coming from the Perth Nines where he did a very good job and into this game where he was very tidy. Uh, aside from that, I'm just trying to think of um, any players well, that – Just on Raymond Stone, he um... – Completely cut a man in yeah. half. Oh, what a shot! That is the hit of the night, the hit of 2020. Beautiful shot there. That's that Ray Stone. Lovely. That's a bone rattler. That is just vintage Stone. Gave him the stunner in the middle of the park. He, um, he is such a good defender for his size. He just absolutely crunches guys every week. And it, it's just down to him now being able to develop as that emergency or, or backup um, dummy half option because that puts him in a really competitive spot for the bench for NRL. So, Yeah, his, his work off the – oh, sorry, Verdi, but his work off the ground um, when he did go and play into dummy half, you know, I didn't see much wrong there, with it. There was one bad pass at the end of the game, but aside from that, he was fairly tidy, which was encouraging. So, And that's that's after he played about 30, 40 minutes at lock, I think. So um, he was um, less than um, uh, fresh when it came to, um, you know, to handling those responsibilities. Bertie, what were you going to say, mate? Looking at Stone play, he reminds me of a, a bigger version of um, Casey Pritchard, like his kamikaze runs and his tackling. <laughs> like, the, there's a very, very similar competitive spirit between those two players, I dare yeah. say, Bertie. Because Pritchard was all in the 85 kilos, maybe like early 90 kilos. Like this guy, he's like a bigger version. And um, when I, was, I, I give, I fear for him because if he puts his head in the wrong spot, he's going to get like um, knocked out or something. So, but you know that that hit on that arm. Um, Player, oh, that reminded me of the SG ball hit a few years back. I think it was Tua or Tui when he killed that Dragons player. Um, other than that, is Dunster quick? Because he seems sometimes he seems quick in attack, but in defense when he's tracking back, he's a bit. I, I think he 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 switched off. He leans more to being elusive and shifty than genuine speedster. He's um he's a very smooth mover with the ball in hand, but I wouldn't say he's an outright uh you know pace option on the wing. He's obviously not slow. But um, I wouldn't say he's a you know he's going to be um outrunning the fastest guys in the competition by any means. Uh, yeah, what he looked quick scoring that try, but when you look at the New South Wales Cup grand final last year, yeah, the game that they won, he was like I think he was either switched off or he he was in a very very awkward spot in that game in the last few rounds. Indeed, he, he was coming off the bench as that utility back role, and um, yeah. I'm I'm not sure how that influenced him as far as getting ready for the game speed because he got he got injected very late in that grand final last year. Um, so he, that left him in a very tough spot because he didn't he didn't do a great, a great job in that kick chase. But yeah, what did everyone think about Kane Evans? I was I was fairly um, happy for how he went. There was a couple of good offloads. I really liked his second stint. I think BA must have told him, "I want you to go out there and change the game again." And then when he came on in his second stint, he turned it you know completely one eighty, and we were dominant again in the forwards, um, as well as uh, Alvaro's. Probably wasn't as strong as the RCG and Kane Evans, but Alvaro helped turn and shift the tide in that second half as well. I think that second, there's a bit of um importance in that second stint from Evans too, because that's going to be his greater responsibility in the NRL, isn't it? He's going to be coming off the bench instead of starting like he did on Friday night, and so it's going to be his job to help turn or further, uh, or further push momentum towards the Eels, which I think Kane can do. You know, you saw him last year, especially towards the back end. Um, you know, putting big shots in on defence, you know, really running hard. Um, you maybe condense that down into only 25, 30 minutes and if he can keep that same mentality of just going in there to, to win, yep. you know, and like just 
go out there, either, yeah, as you said, change the game or just continue on from where um, Paulo and Campbell Gillard are going to be laying the platform from. Um, if he's going in there with a an already established momentum forward pack, I think he could do quite well with his um, size and speed. Uh, our first look at Reed Money on Friday night, what did everyone think? Yeah, I think I already touched on it. I liked him. Uh, Zippy, uh, I thought he had a bit too much to do in the heart, uh, the kicking department, which he obviously won't need to be doing periodically um, and injects himself when required, but not to the level that he he was on, uh, what was it, Friday night. Yeah. I think it would be good for him in the end, like, because in the 20s, he I think he had the most 40 20s in the 2017 season, I'm going to say. That, so that sounds we know he can kick right, the ball. yeah. So he's just, you know, upping that involvement. Um you know, as good as um, long-distance kicker Moses is, it's always good to have that second and third option there that, you know, mightn't be as strong but can be right up there. I was happy if I'm um, seeing that red zone kick too. I think adding that little bow to not just his repertoire but the Parramatta Eels attacking threat in the red zone is nice and it'll, it'll help at some point in the season if we have the um, the sort of chases awake to it, which I assume you would because it would be a cord, a cord play. So um, I really like that. Um, it looked good defensively. Um, so, yeah, um, just got to knock on wood that he stays fit because our, our depth options behind him are Ray Stone and not much else at this point in time. Then the last game to be played uh, involving Eels was the Indigenous and Maori All-Stars. Uh, Fer- Ferguson was in uh, for the Indigenous Australian Indigenous team and Tacker for the uh, Maoris. Uh, Tacker had a nice little uh, pass away, which um, actually ended up with the Ferguson try. So <laughs> uh, it, it went about try three assist. passes after him, but... <laughs> It was Tacker to Ferguson for a, for a try there. And um, I'll just pop that audio into the Ferguson try. Off a lost He's... ball. He kicks it to the end goal. He'll dive on it. And followed by the back two. And the back. The kids are match. Yeah, I thought it was a really good intense gameplay between uh, both teams in the right uh, spirit. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, right spirit. Yeah, yeah there was nice plenty, little season opener. There was plenty of aggression from both teams early on. They were lining up some big hits, but they never went beyond that, which is what you want to see from a game like this, played at a high level. Um, I, I like the reboot of the All-Stars concept. I know that it, there was, to a degree, manufactured drama by the media and, and sort of social media about the anthems and whatnot before that, but um, the way they started the game was fantastic with um, Quaid and Bowers leading the, the teams out, followed by one of the best um, performances of the Harker I've ever seen, regard like this code or others with the All Blacks. And then... Um, the game, yeah, the game itself was fantastic. So very happy of that. Um, it wouldn't be an All Stars game regardless of whether it was in our All Stars or Indigenous All Stars without a, a Blake Ferguson backflip. So that was fantastic to see. Um, but I mean, we dodged a bullet. There was a lot of injuries in that game. Holy dooly! Um, <laughs> it wouldn't have been good if he half did a half turn. Oh, well, that that back attempted backflip last year or the year before. No, it would have been last year where he nearly popped his Achilles because he landed like too far early on his toes, yeah. had me freaking out. But he's Apparently that was an aberration since he's yeah he's hit he's hit every backflip since, um, but yeah Fergo was fantastic. I thought Brandon Smith for the Storm was brilliant, but he's out for a while now. So four to six weeks yeah. facial fracture in the first five minutes. Yeah, so he played through that and got 180 meters off like 13 carries and two tries. So that was a pretty fair effort. But um, yeah, great game. The Eels have gotten through unscathed again. Um, do you think there were any NRL implications from that? I thought Latrell was pretty ordinary in his first hit out of 2020. Nah, I don't really see it from the internationals. Um, I just like Ferguson. He got involved. He's running. He was left on an island of, in defence a, a fair few times and managed to sort of 
hold it together enough to get other troops there. Which that um, the um the play where Adokar ended up taking that intercept, which was a, a fantastic play for him. If you actually watch the um the in goals cam, that Ferguson did such a good job managing the three on one there. He uh, managed to shepherd the two guys outside the ball carrier correctly, and then position like the rest of the the, the attacking players for the cover supporters, the cover defenders to make that play. So that was um. Uh, sort of those years of experience that Ferguson has accumulated into that one play. Yeah, I thought defensively it was really good and, and it's really hard in those sorts of teams where there's no combinations but for a, a couple of days of training. And yeah, as you said, uh, the experience of Ferguson in defence really helped out. Um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap up the reviews onto the news. I'm told by him just before we started recording round one against the Dogs on Thursday, uh, the 12th of March, only single seats available in platinum and gold and um, silver's also selling out quite quickly uh, given that we've smashed through 25,000 members so far this season. Uh, it's unsurprising. Uh, so get out and get your tickets if you aren't a member um, and if, or if you are a member, try to get there a little bit early if you can. Uh, then the Blue and Gold Festival went out there on Saturday out. Uh, gosh, I forgot where it was. Uh, but in any event, a bit of there, yeah, Bella Vista Park. Um, massive lineup to get in. Um, I was driving past about quarter to three. It kicked off at three, and the line was huge. Uh, one one drawback I did have on it, they had to check off your member tags for you to go in. Um, I thought that was just stupid. Um, so instead of just having your member tag Freedom around Amish. your neck, they actually had to go to a desk and line up for, you know, 20 minutes just for them to check your tag um, on their computer system, which... That's pretty rough. Uh, it's just, yeah, a bit ordinary, um, especially when it was starting to rain and, like, everybody just want to be in there. Uh, signing tents were too long for me because I was doing solo dad work. Um, <laughs> I went on all the rides. Uh, funny little anecdote, I said to my daughter, I said, I didn't get any cash out, so um, you can only have something if it's free. They had this little popcorn, like the old style camera one where it's got the metal tin up the top and then they pop and then it pulls down in the glass case. And she must have gone up to the attendant while I was um, with, with my son and then she shouted out, Dad, it's free. We can have it. <laughs> 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 so we, we had we had popcorn, we had fairy floss and we had ices. Uh, but then I left before they did all the speeches. Um, so... Um, but I, I assume it's just the general fanfare. We're happy for everybody, club record for memberships, and we're going to smash it out this season. And then, I mean, it's sort of tangential to what you just mentioned as far as the the announcement was, but the Eels are gunning for the Rabbitohs when it comes to membership in Sydney. That's right. I, from what I saw today, 26,000 we've, we've got to. So, um, yeah, just strength on strength. Uh, if we can put in another good season this year, uh, we'll probably crack that 30,000 mark this year. Then on to the last bit of news, uh, Maker Sivo. It's been reported that he will be free to play. We noted last week that his matter is back in court on the 12th of March. Now, I'm not sure if that's just a procedural date or it actually is um, the the hearing. Um, usually you'd want to be there if it was the hearing, but uh, uh, the reporting so terrible usually on court matters. You just don't know. Uh, <laughs> but in any event, Michael Chamis, who appears – yeah, Chamis, yeah, who's back at the Sydney Morning Herald after a stint at NRL.com last year. Um, had a piece in the Herald. Uh, sources close to Stivo case expect NRL Chief Executive Todd Greenberg uh, to approve the decision to allow the Eel Star to play despite facing police charges in his home country. And then he goes on to note uh, that 
Um, complicating matters is the timing of the case, which will be held in Fiji on March 12. The Eels open their NRL compa- campaign on the same day against arch rivals, the Bulldogs, although Sivo is not required to appear in court. Uh, my feelings is it's just going to be procedural to set a hearing date, but what do I know? I mean, you probably know more than the average show considering, <laughs> but yeah, um, good. I mean, it's good news, right? You know, the fact that it's the no fault stand down policy hasn't been in, enforced by the um, discretionary powers of Todd Greenberg. So he is there for round one and he's one of our important players in the back line. Um, and, and hopefully, I know that there, it, people felt that he was a little bit distracted um, at the Perth Nines and, and didn't really stand out as much as he could have, but you know, hope we can um, make a splash this um, sad day against the Panthers and then go even one better against the Dogs. I heard that, make a splash. <laughs> <laughs> the best. See, I, 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 making puns is so ingrained in my blood now that I do it, do it unintentionally now. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm glad Bertie picked that one up because I completely missed it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Junior intentional. Um, junior rep preview. So for round four, uh, starting off, well, these are all on Saturday, the 29th of February, so a full day of football, uh, tipped off with the 4 p.m. Um, trial against Penrith, but at a different venue, of course. In the Tasha Gales, Wests Tigers against the Eels, 9.30 a.m., Saturday, 29th February at Campbelltown Stadium. Then on to the Harold Matthews, the uh, Central Coast Roosters taking on the Eels at 1.10 p.m. at Maury Breen Oval on the Central Coast. And then in the SG Ball, the Victoria Thunderbolts taking on the Eels at 2 p.m. Saturday, 29 February at Casey Fields, Melbourne. So three different parks for those three juniors. Yeah, it's um, an absolute I, mess in the, the district reps this week. I expect the boys aren't travelling down to Melbourne to watch us against the Victoria Thunderbolts. I'm not getting out to any um, games this week. Quick flight. Yeah, yeah. the way things <laughs> are being stretched on top of the bigger trial means that it's a nightmare. Then into the district reps, which we'll see in the Andrew Johns Cup, the Newcastle Knights taking on the Eels 2.15pm on Saturday 29th of February at Cessnock Sports Ground in Cessnock. And same venue, but at 3.45pm we'll see the Newcastle Knights taking on the Eels at the, in the Laurie Daly Cup. Um, so again, those will be streamed, but I note the Laurie Daly Club, Cup will clash with the... Uh, Penrith trial. Um, so hopefully we can get a couple of eyes on there, but um, it just remains to be seen um, whether or not New South Wales Rugby League will put it up properly this week because, yeah, I had a fair bit of trouble last week. Then on to the Penrith trial. As of recording, we don't have a team list for the Eels, but we do have a squad list for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, but just the uh, first off is Saturday 29th of February. Um, so this is at the Bega um, ground. Uh, gates will open at 12 noon. Andrew John's Cup under-16s kicks off at 12.05 p.m. And that's a Panthers team. And then the panthers Laurie Daily Cup will kick off at 1.40 p.m. And then the first grade kicks off at 4 p.m. Uh, oh, they've got a concert after at 6.15 p.m. How good's that? Uh, uh, but let's get to, first of all, the Panthers squad list, which is pretty much full, uh, their first grade side. Um, now, this is just alphabetical for first names. Uh, there's no numbers at all. So Abby Corusau, Billy Burns, Brendan Hands, Brent Naden, Brian To'o, Caleb Aikens, Dean Fare, Asaya Yo, Jack Hetherington, James Fisher-Harris, James Tarr, Mo, Jerome Luai, Jed Cartwright, Josh Mansour, 
Kurt Gatewell, Liam Mar- Martin, Malachi, Wateni Zalesniak, <laughs> Ma- <laughs> Matt Burton, Mitch Kenny, Moses Leota, Nathan Cleary, Pat Horse, Stephen Crichton, Tyrone May, Viliami Kickout, and Zane Tedavano. So pretty much a first-grade squad for the Penrith Panthers. And um, from the early reports, it looks like we're going to name our first-grade squad, but for our injured centre. That's um, correct. There was, a, there was a media report saying that Wonga Bike will be rested for round one. But aside from that, the Eels are expected to be full go. Um, so with our back line mostly intact, you would hope for a little bit better of a showing uh, in the red zone than last week. But what we really, again, want to see is just some cohesiveness. Uh, the final score doesn't really matter. Um, and, yeah, I'd just like to see some plays put on, especially by the halves and Gutherson chiming in as well. Uh, plus having our two wingers, I'd like to see Ferguson in action uh, after his off-season and given his injury troubles last year. Scoreboard doesn't matter. Mate, it's a game yet. <laughs> no holds barred. We have to win. No, you know, as long as we don't get any injuries, I think, you know, our top team will probably get um, 40 to 60 minutes depending on um, how many games they've played and what position. Um, it'll just be interesting because I know that there still be a reserve grade game against Penrith somewhere. Um, so... You know, I wonder how we'll split that up. Whether we take down twenty-five guys and or thirty people, thirty guys, because you know, usually when it's Penrith there, it's pretty easy just to give them a jersey twenty minutes ago or ten minutes ago, or whatever. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, guys like Salmon, whether we look to give them sixty to seventy in reserve grade or ten to twenty in the first grade. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. Um, I mean, for me, it's going to be our first real look at Ryan Madison in the team. I'm going to be interested to see how that combination develops on the right edge, um, how him and um, Mitchell Moses go, obviously. Um, beyond that, um, you know, how the spine is developed under the tutelage of Joey Johns, if the forward back can be truly dominant, because I think that's going to be the difference for the Parramatta Eels this year, is whether that forward back can really take a step up and um, enter the, the top echelons of the NRL packs. Yeah, I think it's for me personally. I'd like to see how our defense, especially our middle defense, um, aims up because that was our problem last year. We we let in too many tries up the middle, and hopefully, um, we can we've improved that over the off season. And yeah, just want to improve our middle defense. That's all I care. I don't I don't not too fuss about backline plays because that can build during the season. But it's just the defense. That's what everyone allegedly works for in the preseason. So hopefully, that's. Uh, that's been worked. Yeah, and from my understanding, it will be streamed on both Fox and Channel 9. Um, so drop in there. Um, now, I talked last week off air, but I, we might have some plans to do um, a game companion. Now, due to rights issues, we can't do it live, but what we're sort of thinking of doing is watching it live whilst recording it, and then we'll drop that later because NRL.com has the last trial against Eels v. Uh, Rabbitohs sitting on their site, so it's there available for everybody to watch. So if you want to re-watch that game, um, like we all do on the podcast, uh, you'll get some audio to go with it. Um, Fingers crossed we can put that all together, um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And again, it'll be synced up to the start of the game, so it shouldn't be too much of an issue. That just about wraps us up there, doesn't it? Yeah, there's not much this week. No, it's been a very quiet week for NRL news, aside from the horror run of injuries that's been happening at other clubs. Um, there's been, you know, for better or worse, no news. All right, well, let's move on to off-topic chat. Birdie, start you off. 
um, video you just posted. Uh, very nice. Uh, I just let's just let you know. There's a little switch on my mic that mutes it. I usually mute it. I during think there's the a little video. switch in your head, mate. I didn't realize that when you could, I could hear in the background saying, "What's that sound?" And I was like, "Oh, that can't be me, surely." I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, if let's just say I was watching a very, very G-rated movie and it was really good, supporting my local team Spurs. But um, other than that, my Twitter's been quiet. Unlike Inero Physio, who's been blown up lately with the injuries. Um. Yeah, nothing much. You know, Tigers fans, are, I think they're, they're lurking because... Uh, <laughs> they're prowling. Man. They're waiting. Oh, I did say something about Penrith. I just said uh, they had their fan day in a shopping centre and, of course, a crowd would look big in a narrow centre while we have ours at a big farm. I didn't get any bites from them. Maybe because I don't think Panthers are on Twitter. I don't think they know how to use Twitter. But um, Is the internet yeah. out at Penrith yet? <laughs> you think that they... Oh, my beloved uh, podcast... <laughs> I uh, think... King. Uh, they, think the, so. they think the NBN's a news network. <laughs> it still is, baby. Still is to me. <laughs> the one. Yeah, other than that, um, that's it, really. NBA, not much. NFL. NBA? Oh, NBA, not much. I'm going to have to have a my talk. Team, my team's tanking, so I don't give a crap about that. Yeah. Oh, we got our second crying Jordan meme today. Let's that's go what, what we got to talk oh, about. There's yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll get into it when it's my turn. I was just saying, NFL today, the QBs, um, the most talked about thing, their hand sizes got revealed. <laughs> <laughs> Burrow, he had a very snarky tweet as well. That was fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so obviously he's not going to go number one to nah, But uh, <laughs> other than that, people complain, like the, the, you know, it actually trends, you know, QB hand size. It's just stupid. But other than that, um, yeah, over to whoever's next. 40, Ham, someone? Oh, I'll jump in, I suppose. Ham usually closes us off. Um, the NBA, um, well, for Australian fans, the NBA, Ben Simmons has messed his back up and it's very cryptic. It's been, um, a couple of days now since he did it and it's been very little news. So that's not very good for the 76ers. Um, in wider NBA news, uh, the tribute, not concert, but the, the tribute, uh, gathering for Kobe Bryant and, um, his daughter's passing happened today. And, um, I thought, it was, I thought it was quite a good thing done in, in the right way in, in general, but, um, I know that he'll get memed for it, but I thought Jordan's speech was fantastic. If you ever have a chance to listen to it, it's 12 minutes and it's very, um, very good to listen. I thought Shaquille O'Neal was very good too. Um, they're, they're two of the um, NBA superstars that were closest to Kobe, um, with Shaquille being his teammate through four championships, I think, and or five maybe, and um, Jordan being the player that Kobe uh, modeled his entire career on. So um, two of his closest friends there, and they, they gave really good insights um, and, and told stories in the way I think should be done when you're trying to celebrate someone's passing rather than, you know, just be engulfed in the sadness, sort of poking fun at Kobe and themselves as well as, you know, being very emotional and serious. Um, and beyond that, the NFL draft is coming up now. The Combine starts this combine week. Combine this week. Yeah. How good. So as Bertie said, um, QB hand sizes are all of a rage today. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see lots of articles similar to what happened to DK Metcalf um, last year where – Someone's going to test. If you're a wide receiver, don't do a three cone. If you're going to test fantastically, but then do one thing bad in the three cone, they're going to lambast you for ages, and it's going to, you know, derail your draft. But you know, the the tape doesn't lie for these guys, so that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and baseball, the um the spring training has been underway. Um, the <clears throat> Astros are still the 2017 world champs, still haven't been stripped of their title, and are now launching legal action. 
um, against the cheating allegations, which is it just blows my mind. Did you see they took they took another sign down as well? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I saw that was a fantastic tweet about the Astros still stealing signs. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I support the Seattle Mariners because of my um, auxiliary support, well, my primary support for the Seattle Seahawks. So um, they're a team that's never been never been to um the World Series, so they're not very good. And this is a very much a rebuilding year for them, but they've got some fantastic prospects, and it's um going to be fun to watch. And uh, aside from that, I think that's um that's it in the widest world of sport for me. Ham. Um, I don't know how to go after that long spiel. I thought I was going to have to go directly after the Kobe Bryant, and I was going to try and you know make some lighthearted jokes, but hit me, hit me, hit me with it. They can't really do that. Um, I was just going to ask: Do we have a? a Email people can send things into like they can know, they, they can DM on Twitter, can't they? Yeah, hit us on Twitter or on Facebook in the Messenger. Slide, slide uh, that's it, probably the best response. Cause slide the, into Hamish's the, DMs, please. Yeah, the Gmail um, that I had set up is when we started with a different name, and I just never bothered to change it because I set up all the other services in that name. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, state of the league, I think that was at what we gmail. Yeah. Com. yeah. Um, um, so, if you want some feet pics or. Uh, <laughs> Toes, yes. All right. Well, I've got some other good sporting news that Forty missed out on, um, which he's usually alive to, so I'm a bit surprised. First one, a heartening story. The goalkeeper? From the NHL, the goalkeeper. Yes. Oh, my God. A 42-year-old emergency backup goalie and sometimes Zamboni driver uh, won his first NHL game uh, against his home team and the team he supports, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So in the NHL, you have two goaltenders on each team. Uh, essentially, your first sport well, goalkeeper, but they're called goaltenders in NHL. You've got your starter and then you've got your backup. Um, and unfortunately for the Carolina Hurricanes, both of their goaltenders went down. In, they're, so they're, the they're in the middle of a playoff is, push as well. So, so the rule is you have a backup. Um, whoever the home team is will have a backup supplied at the stadium. And if the other teams or your own team's goaltenders go down, he will come in and essentially they're like a practice squad player, but he'll play for either team. And the deal is they have to play to their best, even if it's not their own team that they're on. Um, so he came in and won a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, if you don't know about the Maple Leafs, they're one of the best NHL teams and Caroline Hurricanes are awful and Caroline ended up winning uh, and uh, the goalkeeper made, I think it was about seven or eight saves in a row. So, he, he gave um, gave him two goals in the first two shots, and then made eight saves consecutively. So, what a what a nutty story! And oh my goodness, like, and it, I was reading on Reddit. And my understanding is that, uh, for a comparison for rugby league fans, that as far as his experience in ice hockey goes, he played at the highest level relative to maybe State Shield, uh, Sydney Cup, or Ron Massey Cup. Like he was like degrees like significant degrees below being anywhere near an NHL prospect, um, especially at 42 years old. And he came in wearing a Toronto helmet and the rest of the gear from the Hurricanes and stole the show. Unreal. Uh, Sounds like a movie in the making. Oh, like a girl. Well, it, it immediately reminded me of a, a famous Attitude Era promo by The Rock when he was at the Hollywood, the Hollywood Rock heel um, sort of persona where he, um, he absolutely eviscerated the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um and they got booed the shit out of in Toronto, but you know, twenty years later, here we are, still valid. <laughs> Can you imagine that in rugby league? That's like if we go down, have no bench, and we go, oh, give us one of the opposition backups, and we have literally, like that's just that's a joke. Seriously, be like ringing in that. Uh, who was that Fijian half that 
play for us in uh, Ron Massey Cup. Oh my goodness, he was still here. Um, in the first, the, uh, the was it him or no, 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 no. Henry uh, Rawalui. Henry Rawalui. Rawalui, yeah. yeah. Rawalui standing <laughs> up and winning. <laughs> he played He played, um, played for the Eels against Blacktown a couple of weeks ago, so he's still around the joint somewhere. Um, all right, the other bit of uh, sporting news, uh, the big fight, Tyson Fury uh, coming back and showing, even if you are suffering from mental health, health issues, addiction issues, you can turn it around with the proper support and persistence. Um, so I think... From stories that I was reading, he blew out to about 160-odd kilos um, and has brought it back from there uh, to once again claim his heavyweight title. Uh, so fantastic news there in the boxing circles uh, if you uh, enjoy a bit of boxing. And they um, were singing, bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I think that'll wrap us up for today. There is under 16 days left until season kickoff on Thursday, the 12th of March. We are just around the corner for the NRL. Uh, We'll have two more editions of – no, yeah, two more editions of the Parrot Podcast next week's wrap-up, and then the week after will be the preview for the Thursday night game. So we'll try to get that out Wednesday morning. Uh, So you've got plenty of time to amp us up. Uh, So next week we'll probably look into doing uh, some – NRL previews, do some predictions uh, for the season, and um, then we'll be right up to the preview of our round one match we should, um, uh, in get, the week after next. Get um get our ardent fans of the podcast to tweet us their um predictions at the um Para Podcast. Yes, and one last thing, I'll be setting up all the uh, fantasy relevant stuff. Uh, we're looking at running a, a snake draft league. Uh, so that'll kick off in the week before the, uh, the first week of the NRL. Um, and hopefully you can come in there. I like to shake it up a bit because if anybody plays the American sports uh, draft leagues, it's it's all snake draft as opposed to uh, the, global, dominantly the global pool in that we have. NRL. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's global, which I find a bit boring. Everybody's got the same team. So drafting makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, but I'll do the links on Twitter or if you just want to reach out to me, I've set up one for the... Uh, NFL, uh, NRL fantasy, and I'll get a Super League or Super Coach one going shortly. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for this week, and we'll catch you next week on the Power Podcast. Cheers. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs>